is an East Coast bias as we are fired up for the conference finals in both the East and the West. We're here on the Ring of Gambling Show. We're here on FanDuel TV. And fellas, game one, Western Conference Finals, I think it's fair to say it lived up to the billing. It was high-level, high-quality basketball. Defense might have been optional for the first three quarters in change. Jokic, what can you say? Anthony Davis, when he plays basketball, is a phenomenal talent. And House, I'm a little bitter, I'm not going to lie, because I had the Denver Nuggets laying the points tonight, and I feel like I was on the right side of that game, but I did not get the result that maybe I desired. So sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes you get a bad beat, huh, pal? JJ, I'm on my second cigarette. I already I had one cigarette as soon as the game was over. I'm on my second cigarette. I'm trying to catch my breath. But, buddy, the line was five and a half yesterday. That's when you fire. It only moved today because, you know, a bunch of Denver money came in. Dream and I went through this on the show. And I know Dream, you know, to, to maintain the integrity of the hundreds, played it at the number that it was earlier today, which was six. It moved past six even today. What would you get at that, JJ? Seven? No, I think I either seven. Yeah, I got seven. I was looking to see. I'm like going through it in my head if it was six and a half or seven. I just know that those free throws, Raheem, at the end, they were significant to some. Because at the very least, I would have pushed. I, I actually have to check my FanDuel app right now. All I know is that I didn't win, Raheem. That's all I know. I know it was a big fat loser to start off the Western Conference Finals. However, for my bigger fish, which is Nuggets minus one and a half games, that's a good start to the series, Dream. Oh, yeah. Very good start to the series on that regard. You know, it's it's rare when you see that a team who actually won the first game of the series has more adjustments than the team who lost. So that kind of has to make you feel better about the, the, the Denver Nuggets. That was very unfortunate that we got to push. I mean, they, I mean, I got to push it, you know, at six. It's very frustrating for me just because I did the hundreds on the day of. So I was a little pissed about that. But, I mean, the Denver Nuggets are up. You know, one one game to nothing. So, and they maintain home court. They hurt. They hell serve. So, they're in a good position. JJ, it was virtually everything we asked for in this game, though. Like, if you if you look at this thing across the board, like it was versions of these teams, the best versions of these teams in these playoffs. Amazingly, the Nuggets scored seventy two points in the first half, and the Lakers scored seventy two points in the second half. I felt like it was the mid-80s. I felt like we were watching, you know, the Lakers and the Celtics in the 80s. These no-defense games. I'm very upset that I didn't jump in and play the over because the the total now is going to be insane over these next couple of games. But we got the Lakers with the advantage at the free throw line. We got the Nuggets with the advantage from three-pointville. We got... The, the Nuggets with the advantage in offensive rebounding. I mean, it really was on theme, on point in a lot of the different sort of uh, X's and O categories, right, Dream? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the Denver Nuggets. I mean, that first half was just absolutely dominant. You know, it felt like they were just getting out and running. And, you know, like at one point I had tracked their threes. You know, at one point, you know, 
both teams were hitting 56% from the field, but the Nuggets were 14 to 27 from, from three, and the Lakers were 7 of 17. So they had that advantage. And, you know, the biggest thing that you saw in the first half is that the Denver Nuggets had a 51% offensive rebound rate. So they were getting extra possessions as well. So, you know, the, the Denver Nuggets, I mean, when they're rolling like that, I mean, they're just tough to beat at home. So I was surprised that that actually became a game. So I have a question for you guys, because I was really impressed with what I saw from the Lakers from an offensive standpoint. I thought Anthony Davis was terrific. I thought LeBron James, for the most part, was able to do what LeBron can do at this stage in his career, which is brilliant stuff. And you got a monster fourth quarter out of Austin Reeves, who was hitting haymaker after haymaker after haymaker. Um, I would be encouraged about that house if I'm a Laker fan. But by the same token... I don't know if a game like game one being played through the rest of this series suits the Lakers well. You know what I mean? Like the Lakers to me, House, do not strike me as the sort of team that can go win a track meet with the Denver Nuggets. Like Denver is just too well-oiled the machine in order to do what they do. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm almost thinking, and I don't know if it's going to be possible I got to slow this baby down a little bit. I got to muck it up a little bit. I got to let my defense go and try and slow this monster down. Do you think we can see that sort of offense from the Lakers the rest of this series moving forward? Or do you have doubts about that? Well, I think at, at the guts of it, it's a version of the Lakers that um, is consistent with the identity that they established for themselves these playoffs. Like, I, I honestly am more concerned with a Nuggets ticket and as a Nuggets backer, because I thought they got extraordinary shooting from their role players with with, with the uh, exception of Aaron Gordon, who to me looked like he was afraid to be out on the floor. I hated the way that, that, that he looked and the adjustment that the Lakers made of switching Anthony Davis onto Aaron Gordon and dumbass Mike Malone kept having Aaron Gordon down there on the baseline. It made it so easy for Anthony Davis to come double the Joker in the in the fourth quarter. See, I thought the Lakers scored in the fourth quarter the way that I've grown accustomed to seeing them score in these playoffs, right? Because it's it's a it's basically a new team with a new identity. I didn't like the way that the Nuggets scored, which were high degree of difficulty threes at end of shot clock. Like they played with a great pace in the first half and a less great pace in the second half. So I think it's like a glass half full for the Lakers as opposed to glass half empty, JJ. All right, boys. So as we get ready now for game number two, and if you're looking right now on FanDuel, of course, our friends at FanDuel, they give you the up to the minute lines that you need for both the West and Eastern Conference Finals. Raheem, not that we need a pick necessarily from you, for game number two. It's way too early for that. I know you want to get in the lab and dissect things a little bit deeper before we hit Thursday. But the game two line is not the same as the game one line. It is five and a half right now for the Los Angeles Lakers against the Denver Nuggets. Are you surprised by that or no? Well, it opened up at six and it it immediately got bet down to five and a half. I think I'm going to wait, see if any more Laker money comes in. And I might jump on the Denver Nuggets just because at some point, you know, like I look at these games and I feel as though the game one line and the game two line should be the same. It's the same venue. It's the same teams. You know, maybe the Lakers, they did find a 
find an adjustment in that second half. But the Nuggets also have an adjustment. And I mean, this is a team, a Denver Nuggets team, which is 41 and seven at home this season. So I'm not really like hyped to fade that. I mean, I kind of came into this series saying that I would be looking to play the zigzag theory. But I mean, if this number is going to drop and we're going to get value on the Nuggets, I think at some point you have to buy on the nugget. So, I mean, I think, you know, if this number was still six and a half, seven, you know, six, I would feel more comfortable with the Lakers. But I, I just think this number is going to keep decline, keep crawling down. And I think you're going to find some value in the nuggets. House, have you seen a total yet for game two? Out of curiosity? I, I haven't. I, I didn't I didn't jump over. What, do you have it? Is it sitting there? I have it right in front of me right now. Let me uh, guess. You care to it, take a guess? Pull a Sal and Bill? Take a two, guess? Guess 229 and a half. 229 and a half. You went a little too high. Okay. 225 right. and a half. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was 222 around there um, when we were talking about it. it. It got up in the 223s and then came back down. Okay. I was overly ambitious with it. I like the thought process, though, because it was a higher total than what you got in game number one. Um, I guess we'll wrap with the Nuggets and the Lakers on this note. House, are you more, less, or same level of confidence in your initial thought going into this series after what you saw in game one? Uh, I would say same level of confidence. I think that this series is going to have Dozens of adjustments. I mean, we watched uh, two different halves of basketball that felt felt like, you know, the Lakers especially, they had four adjustments in, in the second half that really were instrumental in them, you know, battling all the way back in. So I just think, you know, the, the matchups and the variables here are, are, are potentially endless. And really, they took the ball out of the Joker's hand in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't think the Nuggets are going to permit that in this next game. I'm just fascinated by the directions both teams can go going forward. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You know, the one thing, I, the one question I have for you guys is that, you know, Anthony Davis had a monster game tonight. Monster. Do you guys, I mean, 40, 10, and, and, and 3. Do you think he can repeat that in game two? Because, I mean, the, based on what we've seen throughout these this postseason, Anthony Davis is every other day. So, I mean, do you think, because, I mean, it's only one day off in between games. I'm so, jumping in right now. No, I, I, I do not. And I think Davis will be a monster in game three when they return to Los Angeles. But no, I am not ready to say that he's going to string them together two games, three days, whatever the case may be. No, House, I don't expect a big, I, listen, I think Davis will be okay in the game. Do I think we're getting another monster AD performance? I put my money on no. Well, we have to define monster because the shots that he took were in the offense shots. Like he got all of that mid-range stuff, all of that around the basket stuff. And it looked like Denver was content to let him have it, to be honest. I mean, it seemed like it was a game plan to let him go ahead and, and have all that stuff. They were content to just move at the pace they wanted to move at and and outscore uh, the the Lakers. I don't think he's going to have uh, another forty point game um, in, in game two, but you know, around twenty five points, and and he needs to get on the boards more. Twenty five and twelve doesn't seem crazy to me. That's a reasonable game out of Anthony Davis. Yeah, I would say that's kind of an average game for Davis. You know, like yeah. would that, so. I guess by Raheem's definition, would that be a monster game or no? 
That's what I'm asking. I don't know the answer. What's the answer, Dream? Yeah, I mean, do we think he's going to show up? That's that's basically what I'm saying. Because, I mean, we've seen him, you know, had that 25 and 10. And in the following game, it's like he pulls a complete disappearing act. So I, I think this is what game two comes down to. Like, Anthony Davis has to match Jokic. And I think we knew that coming in. If Jokic is the best player in the series, the Nuggets win. If Anthony Davis is in the best player of the series, the Lakers likely win. So, and I, I do think the, the Nuggets have a bigger margin for error, but I mean, Anthony Davis is going to kind of have to replicate what he did tonight. They need a lot more of that. Lakers going to need a lot more of that if they're going to go and find a way to win this series. And the up to the minute series price, in case you were wondering, FanDuel updated it after game one, after the Nuggets take down the Lakers. It is now at minus 280 for Denver and plus 240 for the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, when we come back, we'll set the stage. It's game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. A bubble rematch. The Celtics, the Heat. I think this series price is a little out of whack. Is the game one line a little out of whack? We'll discuss coming up next. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat First bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So here's what I've decided to do for the conference finals. I'm taking the Miami Heat plus two and a half games because I think Boston's going to fool around with that series. They'll win, but Miami's got a major coaching mismatch. They're going to win a couple of games. And I'm going to take the Nuggets just to win. You get that plus win 80 on FanDuel. There are many things I love betting on FanDuel. Like that great parlay. You get great promos every day. The app is safe and secure, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than on America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash gamblers. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org. Call 1-800-327-5050. For 24-7 support in Massachusetts, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 21-plus select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 100NextStep or text NextStep to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 109 within Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming, or visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, boys. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals is here. The Boston Celtics are back. Can't say I'm surprised. I think we all expected Boston to be in this position. The three of us most certainly did not expect the Miami Heat to be in this position uh, going back to the start of the postseason. They're sweating out playing games. They're down to the Chicago Bulls. They knock off Giannis and the Bucks. They knock off Jalen Brunson and my beloved New York Knicks. 
And now they're playing in the conference finals. Raheem, I have to admit, and I know the analytics models have the Celtics winning this at 90, 95% of the series. And and I've seen all these numbers. I did not spend time with you guys. I missed you guys, by the way, on Monday. It was not Mm -hmm. the same. I felt the void in my life not being a part of the show. I missed the three of you. I really did. Can I admit that? You, you, yeah, you, you can definitely admit birthday. it. We, 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 we missed you too. It's, it's, I mean, look, yeah. we're, we're a trio. So, I mean, we're just a duo. It's not the same. So, Well, boys, thank you for that. I appreciate it. You held down the fort brilliantly, might I add. But if I was with you on Monday, I would have just suggested and told you point blank, this series price is dead wrong to me. House, how does Celtics minus 500 to win this series? I understand Miami, it's smoke and mirrors. Miami, we don't know how they're doing it. Their coach is brilliant. They make adjustments. Bowler is a dog. The team has three-point shooting galore. Minus 500, this series price is dead wrong, dude. I think it's dead wrong. Yeah, JJ, we did touch on it a little bit, and we... um... I, I think, you know, at least from my perspective, I went ahead and bet Miami right out of the box because I, 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 you know, the implied probability at those prices, it's Boston at 85% at minus 550, which is the price of FanDuel right now. And Miami at plus 390, that's an implied probability of 20%. And I just think, you know, the, you know, based on what we've seen in the playoffs so far, and to me, if when you're trying to like break this thing down, it is really uh, an assessment of three-point shooting variance from, from both teams. And if that's the breakdown, then it's not 85-15. It's like 60-40 maybe. I could I could get my head around. I went ahead and bet in addition to just having a marker on the heat because I have tons of exposure on Boston to win the Eastern Conference, Boston in the finals, Boston to win the finals. I made those bets over the course of the year. So I want to have some kind of a hedge in place with the Heat. But the other way that I hedged this was I bet the Heat in the series, winning the series at 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 four uh, three. That's at eleven to one or twelve to one right now. You can you can you can buy the Heat to win the series at like twelve to one odds. So I just wanted to have a little bit of of you know caution in my portfolio because we we keep seeing this with, with this Heat team if they get hot from three. They can beat anybody. There, there isn't anybody in the NBA, uh, and we're in, and in, in, a, in a series like this where the coaching you you mentioned it, it's Joe Maz, a rookie coach, up against the the playoff wizard himself, Spo. That's not yeah. eighty five fifteen to me, Dream. Yeah, I mean, I can I can definitely agree with that. You know, I mean, the fact that they have Spo, it gives them a huge advantage. I mean, coaching is the one thing where you can buy an edge in this league. Now, the one thing I, I said yesterday on East Coast Bias is that you look at these two teams. They played last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Boston Celtics were minus 160 favorites. The Miami Heat were plus 140. Now, you have to ask yourself, are these teams that much different from what you saw last year? If you ask me, the Boston Celtics, they're much worse defensively without Ime Udoka, and they have a much worse coach. They're much more reliant on three-point shooting. You look at the Miami Heat, if you ask me, they lost Tyler Hero, but I'm not sure that they miss him that much with some of the other shooters on this team. And I look at Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was banged up for much of this season. He missed a lot of time, but he's coming off the bench, and it feels like they got a fresher Kyle Lowry. And, you know, the one concern I do have for the Miami Heat is Jimmy Butler, who hasn't really been the same 
since coming back from his ankle injury. I mean, you know, since since coming back his, from his ankle injury against the Knicks, he's averaging just 24 points on 42% shooting. Now, I know they've had, you know, a couple of days off. They closed out that series on Friday. If he is right, then, I mean, obviously this line is probably too big. Yeah, and to me, Butler being right is a must for Miami. Now, he got a little extra time with Boston playing a game seven against your Philadelphia 76ers. Butler had Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to maybe get that ankle closer to 100%. But I think hitting on Kyle Lowry, guys, is a huge key. It really is because Miami in their series against the New York Knicks, they had guys stepping up up the wazoo. I mean, Bam Adebayo just embarrassed Mitchell Robinson. Kyle Lowry played really well off the bench. Uh, Caleb Martin gave him good minutes off the bench. Like, House, that is their blueprint. Interchangeable parts, everybody stepping up and knowing their role. And there's no doubt, if we're talking about Miami making the Celtics sweat this series out, or dare I say winning this series outright, the coaching mismatch between Eric Spolstra, who for my money right now, I know Pop is future Hall of Famer, he's the best. Listen, I'm going to exclude Pop at this stage in his NBA career. The guy's in their prime right now. If I could have one guy coaching my team, my team, Eric Spolstra would be my choice. That's how terrific an NBA head coach he is. And you don't trust Missoula. I think coaching plays a huge role in this series house if Miami's going to be in the mix. JJ, we'll find out right away because we've gotten right into the very meat of the matter. It's Jimmy Butler's ankle. I would love to hear some stories about him going to Germany and visiting with Kobe's old old knee doctor, right? I want to, if we could get the flight log for private jets from Miami to Germany, I'd like to see what the evidence suggests about Jimmy Butler going over there and getting maybe some, some, some magical uh, treatment on, on that ankle. But we'll know right away on this coaching adjustment, you know, uh, scheme kind of stuff. If we don't see the Celtics going at Jimmy Butler and try to put him on an island and taking turns between Tatum going at Butler and Jalen Brown going at Butler, if we don't see that right away and we, we you know, they, they aren't testing Butler's mobility right out of the box, then, uh, then it's game on. I mean, you know, it's an adjustment that the Celtics ulti- ultimately can make, but it's an adjustment they should show up with because we just watched it with the Knicks. Now, the problem with the Knicks is they only had one dynamic scorer, and boy, was he up for it. JB did it, man. Jalen Brunson is that dude. With, remove all doubt. He is that dude, but he, he couldn't do it by himself. Uh, the Celtics have more threats in terms of dynamic, creative scores, so we, we, we better see it if, if the Celtics intend to go uh, make it to the, to the NBA Finals again, JJ. Well, Raheem. We have a game one line, of course. The Miami mm-hmm. Heat are plus eight in Boston. The Miami Heat are plus 295 on the money line. We have a total in this game at 210 and a half. So for game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, the floor is yours, Raheem the Dream Palmer. It is 100 time. Take it away. Okay, so those of you who have been following me for a while, you do know that about my Game 7 trend that I researched. You know, teams coming off a a seven-game series are 33 and 52, just 36% straight up in Game 1 since 1988. However, this is one of the few times I'm just not going to play that trend. Um, You're looking at a Miami Heat team who opened up as 10-point 
underdogs. That line's been bet down to eight. And I just, I'm not really that comfortable with playing the trend in that spot. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's been a, it's been a, a hell of a trend. I mean, it's worked out well for us. I mean, we played it twice already thus far and we hit both of them. So, I mean, we made out well there. However, I'm going to go to the total and I'm going to go over two ten and a half. And, you know, you look at the Miami Heat, you look at the Boston Celtics, they're teams that like to take a lot of threes. And unfortunately for the Miami Heat, they're not playing the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks in that series, they were 63 of 211 from behind the arc, shooting just 29% from behind the arc. That's not going to happen against this Boston Celtics team, which is shooting 40% from three. So I like the Boston Celtics to be able to score efficiently against this Heat team because, I mean, you look at some of the lineups that they're throwing out there. Guys like Max Strews, guys like Gabe Vincent, guys like Duncan Robinson, Kevin Love. They're below average defenders, and they have to deal with Tatum and Brown throughout this series. So I think this is a matchup where the Boston Celtics can exploit the Miami Heat defenders. Now, when you look at the other side of the ball, the Miami Heat, they also get up their fair share of threes as well. And the one thing that we've seen from the Boston Celtics throughout these playoffs, throughout this entire season, is that they're not the same defensive team without Ime Udoka. They're a team that's built on being able to score. And, you know, we've read the stats. When the Boston Celtics are hitting their threes, they typically win. When they don't, I mean, it's rough. So I don't expect them to, to put up a dominant defensive performance, especially coming off of Game 7. Coming off of Game 7, you lose a little bit of that focus. So I think they'll come out, but I don't think the defensive intensity of a Game 7 will be there here. I'm going to go over 210.5 Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Game 1. I like the over, especially with these two teams and their love of the three-point shot house. I think that moves you at times in a direction of the over if they're going to be knocking down the three-point shot. I want to take Miami tomorrow. I'm very inclined to take Miami tomorrow. I almost think house, though, this line is begging you to take Miami, which scares the crap out of me, dude, because of the game seven for Boston on Sunday, Miami with extra rest. I, I see the eight points. Like, this kind of... I hate saying this because I hate copping out. This reeks of a stay away, dude. It really does. Because I feel like if I bet Miami and it, it just is, you're, you're playing into that herd mentality house. I hate it. I hate JJ, it. JJ, it's a stay away. I'm here to tell you, buddy. Stay away. Don't do it. There's a reason that it's a don't do it. Don't don't jump into that. But mess. that said, you're not willing to go and fire on the Celtics, though. Is that accurate? I'm, all I'm going to do is play the over. It's a very All right, elegant play out. On the over. I like it. Yeah. Because you look, we, we need to see these guys. I need to see Jimmy Butler. I can't, I'm not going to make any investment at this stage. We haven't seen him since Friday of last week. Let me see him move a little bit. Let me see him move side to side on defense. Then I can formulate, you know, a little bit more of an informed opinion about, you know, sides and, and, and the rest of it. But let's just play a nice, easy total. Enjoy the game. Let the three-point variance fall where it may. Lots of shots, lots of points. Just like this Nuggets-Lakers game, which was a delight. Let's have a lot more scoring. It's fun, JJ. It most certainly is. Um, Let me throw this at you, fellas. This is a bet I made for the Nuggets. It's kind of a cross-conference finals parlay. I wanted to get involved with the Heat. I want to. Root, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I want to root for the Heat in this series because I don't want. This, mm. I'm sick of the Celtics. I'm over the Celtics. Mm. I want 
Bill from Los Angeles to be crying after this series. I'm praying. I'm praying <laughs> Miami can win. Please, please. Um, but that's number one. I don't think they're going to win. I think it's going to be a lengthy series. I think Boston probably wins in six or seven. But Raheem, what do you think about this? Miami plus two and a half games. Denver to win the series. I parlayed the two of them. How do you feel about that? Interesting. You said Miami. Plus two and a half games. So losing six, losing Mm -hmm. seven. And then Nuggets to win. Nuggets to win. Didn't didn't mess with the games. What what does that pay? What does that pay? I'll tell you right now. That pays with our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Plus 180. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Don't you think from what we've seen out of Boston, how, like, can you see them winning this series in four games? I can't, man. No. That's not in their DNA. I mean, they went to six with Atlanta. Look, the the phrase du jour is play with their food. This Celtics team loves to play. They're pushing some peas off to the the right-hand corner. They got the Salisbury steak down here in the left-hand corner. They take a little bite, then they push it back. They're messing around with, with all the food. On that plate, four to two against Atlanta is all you need to know. This you Miami know what, team. Go ahead, let's hear it, Dream. I think the Celtics have unlocked something in that game six, and that's that's my biggest fear. Is it Tatum? Is, he, is it Tatum more than anything else? Just the idea that he kind of went to fu mode. Yeah, because I mean, this is a team that was down eighty three, eighty one. The Sixers had the ball, and they went on a fourteen three lead run to close the game, and then. And game seven, they completely wiped the floor with the Sixers. And I, those are the type of wins that kind of push a team over the top. And I'm afraid that the Celtics might have found something. And I mean, it it remains to be seen. I can't I can't really bet it now, but it's just my gut feeling. Yeah, it's interesting. Because Dream, they, they did ultimately wipe the floor with the Sixers. It was a three-point game at halftime. And yeah. a lot of that was because Tucker was making corner threes. They let Tucker have those corner threes and and he made them. And that's why it was close. They came out in the second half and for whatever reason, lethargy out of both Joel Embiid and James Harden, the superstars for the Sixers didn't show up and the game was over two for 15 in the third quarter. You know, it's one, two, three Cancun. Yeah. Yeah. Before I'm making that grand proclamation on Boston, it to me is, and I know it's a sensitive subject for him, so I'm not trying to rub it in. No, no, I mean, it's, it's all good. I mean, I'm kind of re- indictment. Well, you're over it. I know it's 72 hours later. You're like, yeah, I, I'm over. I mean, we already did. We did the Philly special podcast today. We did the postmortem, everything like that. I actually skipped the Philly um, special podcast on Sunday. I, I pulled Devin Booker. No exit interviews at all. And then I had a couple of days to think it over, and then we just talked it over. So it's all good. Wow, numb already. Numb already. That's the way it goes. <laughs> well, what can I hey, say? Hey, ask Dream who he wants to be the new the new coach. That's of, actually of a good the- question because I have a Philadelphia 76ers fan in my life. I suggested to him Nick Nurse. I also suggested to him Monty Williams. I don't think there's any way in the world Jay Wright takes the job. I know, Raheem, you don't want Budenholzer. You'll dry, you'll you'll go down to Philly and try to cancel the press conference if Budenholzer gets the job. Who do you want out of curiosity? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want anybody that we already know. Ooh, like, I want, a, like, I mean, I want like a, a, a Sam Cassell. I want a new face. You want like, you know, I saw JJ Redick in one sports book is the favorite to get that job. Mr. Yeah, Crotchety on ESPN is the favorite to get that job. That's crazy. Apparently, apparently the Raptors wanted to hire him. I mean, I just don't want a, an established guy because, I mean, to me, when I look at Monty Williams, he might as well be the Spider-Man meme with Doc Rivers. 
<laughs> and then you look at a guy not like much, Dean. But, but to be fair, not as much of a sample size, though. I mean, Doc has been yucking up weeds for two yeah. decades. You know what I'm saying, Raheem? Like, That's Monty true. Williams, and I, we haven't talked about this. Monty Williams getting fired by the Suns is, is such a raw deal. I mean, they go and trade away his entire house. They traded away his entire supporting cast. Yeah, but yeah. that's just that that's just a function of a new owner wanting to bring in his his own, his own team. guy. I, don't, I guess I don't begrudge I don't begrudge you know that what, at though? all. It's it's a new owner, it's new owner syndrome, but it's also the fact that they got blown out by 30 in like the last two playoff elimination games. And I, I think, you know, a new owner sees that and it's just like, I gotta make changes. That or maybe Kevin Durant is saying, I want my own coach. Uh, he's got a reputation for doing that. So I wouldn't put it past <laughs> Kevin both, Durant both to could say, be I want true. my new coach. Yeah, both could be true. Yeah. Well, boys, when we come back, we will move from the Philly and the NBA coaching carousel to something that is near and dear to our hearts. Even though it's super early, it's the middle of May. Football season can't get here soon enough. Trust me when I say this. It can't get here soon enough. So the way too early look at some NFL over-unders that the fellas may like. They're coming up next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, boys. So our friends over at FanDuel have not only put up the win totals for the 2023-2024 NFL season, they have also put up not only week one lines, you can find lines for like every, it is sick. The amount of stuff that you could find if you want to get involved and bet the NFL. Now, Raheem, full disclosure, I'm not ready to bet week one yet. I'm just not like, I'm not, I'm not mentally there. I'm, I, I can be there with win totals. Uh, I have a pretty good sense of who I like and who I don't. And, you know, we've gotten to look at schedules and have some fun as far as that goes. But apparently there is a week one game that you're ready to bet already. Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, you know, this kind of doubles as a win total. A lot of times when you're looking at week one games, you're making a hypothesis for the entire season. So I want to come out. I mean, it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're facing the Minnesota Vikings. What did we say all last year? The Minnesota Vikings, they have all these one score games. They were 11 and one in one score games last year. They had a Pythagorean expectation of just about eight wins despite going 13 and four. They're laying seven points, six and a half points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think you have to fade the Minnesota Vikings next year just because, I mean, they're going to regress to the mean. And while you're fading in week one, go ahead over to FanDuel and take the Minnesota Vikings under eight and a half wins as well. Now that's music to my ears, Raheem, because that's one I am playing. We've talked about it now for the last six months. House, we were lamenting all season that this Minnesota team can't continue to keep costing us money. We're so sick and tired of the Vikings. They got their uh, payback, and they sure got it in the wild card round against the New York football giants. Um, but, yeah, I cannot wait to bet the Vikings under at eight and a half. Uh, do you have any totals or futures or over-unders that you have already placed or you are circling on your yeah, schedule? Yeah, I, 
I mean, you know, we're we're now in this mode where the NFL never sleeps, and and this is really the place where you know the 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 sports betting the the the, the markets have have matured the most around America's most popular sport, and so as soon as those schedules are out, like overnight, the Pittsburgh Steelers over, you know, the number is eight and a half. Everybody plowed into the Steelers. It's still you can still get it at minus one thirty two on Fanduel. I think that's a good price. I love the over for the Steelers. I think there is like it, it is across the board unanimity, um, squares and sharps alike. The 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 thesis for the Steelers is even though they are in their own very tough conference, they get the NFC West, which means they get. Uh, the Cardinals this, this, this upcoming season, and they get the Rams this upcoming season. And then they are also against uh, the AFC South, which means they get the Colts and they get the Texans. Now, the Jags are, are, are good, but, you know, if, if they can get, say, you know, five wins out of those two conferences, then they only need four more wins to catch the over. But really, this just comes down to a Mike Tomlin bet. All Mike Tomlin does every single season is produce a winning season. I can't believe we didn't cash in on this giant check last year. Kenny Pickett, top half of the league as as a rookie by like you know pro football focus metrics and so on and so forth. So it's it's you know it's it's square, but I like it at this stage of the season. I'm also gonna visit that uh, NFC North conference. I kind of feel like there's some some opportunity with the Green Bay Packers. I've Ooh, done, a, I've done a small play on a couple things with those guys. I think there could be this. This I just really have this feeling like the weight of Aaron Rodgers off their shoulders is going to unleash this franchise. And I like their over. It's seven and a half. It's minus one twenty two. They don't play a a team that made the playoffs last season until week eight, I think it is. And I like their in-conference situation with the Bears and the Vikings. Uh, They also get the NFC South, which I don't think is going to be particularly strong. Falcons, Saints, Bucks, all mucking around down there. And I, I, I really feel like they show up with a lot of skill at skill position. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit on the Packers to get catch their over. And I'm looking at the board for NFC conference potential stuff. I put a tiny bit amount. I'll confess it right now. It's May the 17th. Green Bay Packers to win the NFC conference. It's absurd. But at 18 to what are you 1. Getting? 20 to 1? 18 yeah, to 1. Okay. I got them 18 to 1. And... It's just a price play because both the Lions and the Saints are like in the 14 to 1. Lions, I think, are 10 to 1. That's crazy talk. I like something where there's, you know, genuine kind of value. Um, and 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 I think the Packers are being slept on a little bit here. So th- well, those are my you two early plays. That's being slept on. I'm in on the Seattle Seahawks this year. I thought they had a fantastic draft. I, I think they're an ascending franchise. I think they have kind of gotten themselves out of the shadow of Russell Wilson. And I think the the million-dollar question for them is, can they get close to the same level of play that they got out of Geno Smith a year ago? Because if the answer to that question is yes, Seattle is going over their win total. Seattle is getting to the playoffs. 
maybe Seattle is pushing a team like the San Francisco 49ers as they're trying to figure out what's going on at quarterback. So I am very bullish on the Seahawks, and that is juiced up, just like the Steelers are juiced up at minus 132 on FanDuel. And guys, one note, I'm going through these totals. You know I love me some Brian Dable. You know we had Daniel Jones as a weekly spot last year. He's my dude. He was fantastic. That giant total, Raheem, at seven and a half, that tells me a lot, my man. Seven yeah. and a half for the New York Giants. That has like circle regression and then some. Just saying, that's what that total tells you right there. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they were a team who had one of the easiest schedules in the league last year. I don't think that's going to be the same this year. So, I mean, I think they're in a tougher position. So they start off with the Cowboys. I think my Cowboys are going to beat up on them. Then they got to travel west to Arizona and San Francisco. They're not going to have the season that they had last year. So I do think you want to be looking under. Well, boys, when we come back, there is the second golf major of the year in Rochester, New York. And I have a couple of plays. We have our golf connoisseur who is with us. Uh, and he can grade them and hopefully give me his blessing on a couple of bets that have already been made on FanDuel Sportsbook. East Coast Buys, boys. We're coming right back. So we're stoked for the second major of the year. It's the PGA Championship. House has an outstanding golf podcast that you can find on The Ringer. Fairway rolling. He is our golf connoisseur. So when I make golf bets, Raheem, I feel like I have to run them through the Zen master. And I'm going to start house. I bet three guys already to win the PGA. I took them top 10. I took them top five. And I took them to win. I sprinkled the first guy. And I'm a little nervous because he shaved his beard now. So his look is uh, it's not the same that we used to. How do you feel about Cameron Young, who to me is due to break through in one of these majors, 32 to one to go win the PGA. Your thoughts? JJ, you are channeling all of the content on the golf interwebs, the golf Twitter. Cameron Young is is the darling pick of this upcoming golf tournament. And in furtherance of the reasons that you might have selected him, and I can go through some of the attributes he possesses that make him a particularly good fit just in terms of profile for this massive golf course, Oak Hill, uh, up outside of Rochester, New York. Um, part of the thesis for him is weather this week. There is forecasted a chill in the air, which has the possibility of pushing back tea times. They're not going to go off uh, very early in the morning because there's going to be frost delay for sure. It seems Thursday morning temperatures in the thirties, maybe, maybe, you know, up to four. So they have to push things back to let the the grass thaw out a little bit. So the guys that have an advantage are the guys that are playing late afternoon Thursday. They ought not to be affected by the frost delay. They'll get the benefit of the warmth of the afternoon. And then going off early on Friday, it's supposed to be warmer Friday, but there's supposed to be some wind coming into the forecast. Well, Cameron Young doesn't go off until I think like 1.30 Thursday afternoon. So he's not going to be affected at all. But in terms of the core attributes that he possesses and why I'm particularly enthralled with your bet, um, he can hit the ball a mile. And the 
part of the the profile it seems uh, that that is going to be successful at this venue is being able to it, it's carry distance. It's being able to hit the ball off the tee and have the ball be in the air for a long time because the golf course is soft. It's the 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 sort of natural aspect of northern New York at this time of year. It has some rain up there. It's not going to be firm and fast and, you know, a kind of golf course where the ball bounces and rolls for 60 yards. So you're looking for guys to hit the ball off the tee and can carry it a long distance. Cameron Young is one of the very best in uh, on, on the entire tour with that. Who else you got for me? We, we're, we're one for one. I've already bet right, on Cameron I like that. Young. That's fantastic. A lot of different Maybe ways, we got to get Raheem to bet Cam Young with me. The other two I like. <laughs> Brooks Kepka, who played really well at the Masters. And is getting his game into gear. Nobody watches him at the live. We understand that. But he played great in the first major. He's won the PGA before. And these live guys, how's, they got a chip on their shoulder. There's no doubt. We saw it at the Masters. The live guys, Reed, Mickelson, Kepka, they all came to play. I think Kepka's going to come to play in this tournament. And the other one I have is Keegan Bradley because I wanted to take a long shot at 90 to 1. So those are my three. Man, so you are really on a thing here, JJ. We are in lockstep. You have really drilled down into this. By the way, we had no conversations about this. I'm just throwing that out there. Zero. Zero. We are not locking step. This is coincidence. Just saying. So part of the reason why Kepka is especially attractive, in addition to another guy who can hit the ball, he carries it plenty distance, this particular venue has hosted – a handful of U.S. Opens. And it's a it's a trend that the PGA of America, they've been picking these giant ballparks that have hosted U.S. Opens that could host U.S. Opens. Southern Hills last year, Beth Page Black a couple of years ago. Those are U.S. Open-style venues. Brooks Kepka, a known U.S. Open uh, you know, connoisseur, a guy that, that's not afraid of a golf course that plays hard where par is a very good score. So I mean, you know, Kepka, his 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 uh, achievements in in the PGA Championship are well noted, uh, and and his, he's also loves a, a tough challenge. And the most important thing with him, he's healthy. He looks healthy. He's got the baby on the way. He's in good spirits, good frame of mind. Now for this particular tournament, I slight the live guy I like a tiny bit better is Cam Smith who was earlier in the season not playing very good. And the main reason is because he can save par from anywhere. And I think that that's something that's going to really have to, to uh, be an aspect of success for this venue. But Brooks Kepka is wonderful. Keegan Bradley, a guy who loves these Northeast-style golf courses and has a great success. His performance last year at the U.S. Open at Brookline portends very well for this venue at Oak Hill. A lot of corollaries uh, between Brookline and Oak Hill. And one other sort of under-the-radar corollary that our known expert, Justin Ray, who was on Fairway Rolling, the, the program that ran on FanDuel TV just this morning, JJ, he came on and told us he thinks there's some similarity between Bay Hill down in Florida that hosts the Arnold Palmer Invitational, where Keegan Bradley collected a very nice top 10 earlier this year He's in form. It's a venue that fits his eye. I like the pick very much, and especially as like a down-the-card value kind of play. Great job, JJ. You're killing it, That's what it, we buddy. try to do. Raheem, can I entice you to get in on any of this action? Yeah, I'm just going to I'm gonna t- tell you guys because I don't know anything about golf, so <laughs> I'm riding with y'all. Come on board. And House, real quick, what is the official pick for you for the PGA? 
We went with Cameron Young. We 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 we. we split oh, that up was our money the official pick. I didn't Cameron, even know. How great is that? Yeah, J- yeah, Justin Ray, our analytics expert, came on and said he liked uh, uh, Cameron Young one A and Tony Finau one B. You just need to go with with heavy hitters for this thing, and you, you can't go wrong. So you, you're on board with us, JJ. Hey, what can I say? I haven't even caught up on fairway rolling yet, and I'm already riding with the fellas. That's always a good sign. Before we say goodbye, NBA draft lottery. Trying to figure out who's going to get Wemby, who's going to get this generational talent, and the San Antonio Spurs, they do it again. From Robinson to Duncan to Wemby. Must be nice, bud. Must be freaking nice for popping the Spurs. Oh, yeah. I mean, for them to tank, and get Tim Duncan 20 years ago, and then to come back and get Wimba, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. You have to wonder how long Pop is going to stick around because it, this might give him a new life. So um, really going to be fascinating. And I think, you know, Wimba actually landed in the, the best place that he properly could for his development. I mean, and, you know, obviously the Spurs, I mean, they kind of deserve this because they were one of the first teams to actually draft guys internationally. You got a guy in Tony Parker who came from France. Now you get Wimba. It's just poetic justice. So I'm happy to see it. House, I'm sorry about your wizards, by the way. We were rooting for you, pal. We were rooting for you. Well, the the, the most important thing is they, they, they got the spot that basically was, was in alignment with the number of ping pong balls they had. Although there was some, some stuff in the Twitter about how close they got to maybe one, if one ball had come out a different way, but look, the only thing I care about, let's not draft, an athletic shooting guard from the Big Ten this year. That's that's my only request. Can we skip the shooting guards from the Big Ten? Is that okay? Can we go get, you know, a little size maybe? But I, I totally agree with Dream. It is kind of a, a, a cosmic karmic reward for the excellence, the sustained excellence, the institutional excellence of the Spurs. They, they picked the one season out of all of the seasons with a transcend, transcendent talent. They're like, this is the season we're going to tank. We're going to suck, suck because we want this guy. And they, you know, there was no guarantee that they were going to get the top spot. All they did was put themselves in the very best position. It is what frustrates me the most. I'm sorry to, to, to take it in a wizard's way. Every team in the league that was, that was, you know, not going to win the championship this season had the opportunity to suck, but the Spurs, the Spurs suck the best. And they were rewarded for it. So God bless the Spurs. They suck the best. And once again, they have the basketball and lottery gods on their side. Something that has not been the case for my New York Knicks. And something that recently has not been the case for House's Washington Wizards. 